Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, welcome to episode 70. This is the last episode in our series, Finding Joy Again. And as I wrap it up, I want to talk a bit more about happiness and joy and the difference between the two. And maybe they're not quite as different as we thought they were. Most scriptures that talk about joy are based on an external happening, something outward, an event happening where God stepped in and did something, or there was an anticipation of what God was going to do. In the Old Testament, a lot of times you see joy connected to singing and shouting and even dancing. We see a lot of, especially in the Psalms, sing for joy or shout for joy or rejoice with dancing. Joy and gladness are often put together in the same scripture. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Well, how can you have fullness of joy if there isn't some sort of gladness attached to that, is my thought. Psalm 21.6 says, you made him glad with the joy of your presence. So a lot of times, like I said, we'll see gladness and joy put together. In the New Testament, We see things like rejoice and leap for joy in that day, for great is your reward in heaven. How about the 70 returned with joy that even the demons submitted to their name? Well, if they returned with joy, to me, that means there was some sort of like a happiness that came with that. We read about how the conversion of the Gentiles brought great joy. That means there was like a celebration. I mean, they were happy about it. How about when Peter was released from prison and the church was praying for him and he went and knocked on the door? And I think it was Rhoda. She, it says there was joy in recognizing Peter's voice released from prison. In fact, she was so excited, she ran back to tell the others without letting him in. So is it possible that the two are more related than we realized? If you're like me, I've been taught that happiness is more fleshly. It's something of the flesh, that we shouldn't be trying to be happy. God isn't interested in your happiness. I've I've had Christians say that, pastors say that from the pulpit. And right now my thought is, really? God isn't interested in anybody's happiness? Then what's heaven about? I, I realize that we're going to be glorifying God, but <laughs> what's his pure love about if it isn't to bring us a, a joy that there has to be an action related to that joy? That's happiness. It's based on circumstances, feeling what we feel based on the circumstances. I've been told we should be pursuing joy. Joy is is spiritual. Happiness is, is fleshly. But I want to remind you And I I used to believe that, but I just don't anymore. The more I study out joy, the more I see that there is a connection to happiness and gladness and that it's okay. And not only is it okay, but God wants us to rejoice. He wants us to be glad. He wants us to be happy. 
And I, I know as I say that, the thought came to me, then why did he let my child die? That is so far from making me happy. But what I'm, I'm saying is that it's not every moment of our life is happy here on earth, but there are moments of happiness, and there are things that make us happy. And there are things that make us sad. There are things that make us depressed. There are things that put us in darkness, and there are things that bring us into light. And I believe, I really truly believe that we can have both joy and happiness. And it's not wrong to pursue wanting to be happy as long as we are pursuing it in a godly way because he created us. He knows what's going to bring us joy and he knows what's going to bring that back into our lives after the death of our child. And he knows that it's possible because those seeds are in us. The kingdom of God is in us, which means joy is in us. And I don't want to get into in this episode about them. Why did God allow my child to die? We talk about that in other places, and I'm going to tackle some of that in a series coming up, I've, I've decided recently, because I have so many questions about that. But I want to remind you that joy is an undercurrent in our lives. There is a joy that is not based on circumstances. But joy can also be a physical excitement over God doing something in our life presently, or a hopeful anticipation for him to do something in the future, something good in our future. And it could be good here on earth. It could be the good that we have in our future of being in heaven with our children forever, (laughs) reunited with them. We can have both. And I think the Bible shows us that over and over again. This may sound really strange and It may even make you angry for a minute as I say it based on where you are in this journey. But just like the death of our child sent us to a place of darkness that we didn't even know was possible, it's also an opportunity to experience joy in a way that we didn't know was possible. And I'm not talking about that happiness and excitement about the circumstance of their death. I am talking about an excitement of anticipating our reunion and that undercurrent of joy that is just as solid as the undercurrent of grief. How is that possible? Because the pain, the deep pain of our loss is in our souls. But things like joy and peace are in our spirits. We can have both in us side by side. I want to read something to you. I have the Bible you is it you verse on on my phone and I like to look up devotionals and I've been doing a lot of finding ones on joy because that's what I'm studying for my own life and there's one devotional that's called Joy in Trials and Struggles. And on day 5, I want to read this to you. It says Daniel has lost more friends and family members than he can count. Living as a refugee in a foreign land, he's lost loved ones to civil unrest, lack of food, and disease. But if you meet him, you'll likely find him smiling. It's not a forced smile, but one that reflects a joyful heart, even in trials. Putting the words joy and trial into the same sentence might seem unbelievable, even ridiculous. How could Daniel be happy about difficulties, about struggles and hard things? The first step 
is to acknowledge once more that happiness and joy are different. Now, they are different, but that doesn't mean, this is me, (laughs) they are different, but that doesn't mean that we are only to pursue joy and that we can't have happiness in our lives. Okay, back to my reading. Circumstances can make you feel sad, angry, disappointed, but that doesn't mean joy isn't possible. Daniel has joy because he's found hope. There's that seed of hope again. God is with him. God is for him. Even though loved ones die and leave this earth, one day he knows he will dwell with his Lord in mansions of glory. Amen. Yes. James 1, 2-4 says that trials are an opportunity for great joy. I know most translations, this is one of those verses, honestly, I don't remember if I tackled that one or if this is one that got erased so I didn't get to go there. But most versions talk about having joy in your trials, count it all joy when you go through trials. And that is a scripture that has always been difficult for me, much less after the death of Becca. But I like it. There are some translations that talk about it being an opportunity for joy. And that makes so much more sense to me. Okay, I keep jumping in here. Let me get back to the reading. It says that trials are an opportunity for great joy. That opportunity is a willingness to be transformed by the situation, to change, to learn, to grow. Now, this comparison is kind of mild based on what we've been through, but I think you'll understand it. He says it's like training for a marathon. Each time you run, you're pushed a little further through hurt and hardship. And each time you go a little farther, you become stronger and can endure a bit more as you grow close to God. It's a process of faith. And don't you feel like, oh my goodness, I've been through the worst of the worst. What else can possibly, (laughs) you know, anything that comes at me at this point is like nothing. Now, I know there are very painful things that happen. I call them domino effects. And after Becca died, we had some really serious, serious things that happened to our family based on Becca's death. But as a whole, it, it is. It's like once you kind of get back up on your feet again, it's it's kind of like, come at me. You've hit me with the worst you've got, and I'm standing. I survived. I'm living my life again. And you do feel like there's really nothing that can take me down. I mean, it might knock me down for a while, but there's nothing that can take me out. If the death of my child didn't take me out, nothing's going to take me out until Jesus does. So he says there's rarely an immediate joy in the struggle when someone you love is diagnosed with cancer or those other dark things happen. The circumstances are unhappy. They're hard. But scripture reminds us that the struggle is your chance for joy to bloom (laughs) like a flower growing out of a crack in the sidewalk. Isn't that a good picture? God doesn't expect you to see your tears as blessings right away. He doesn't ask that you break into a smile the moment a loved one is lost or jump up and down when your world seemingly falls apart. All he asks is that you say yes to the process. I, I love that. I love that. Just saying, God, I don't understand it, but I surrender to the process. Whatever you are doing in me, I I surrender to it. Each time you do, you'll grow and become stronger. And in time, your joy will bloom even in the midst of great trials. I hope there were some nuggets in there that you could take away because I have read that several times since I first read it. 
Philippians 3.10 is a scripture that has become very powerful to me since Becca died. It's a scripture that makes more sense to me. I don't know if I even paid attention to the scripture before, but it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And that's a scripture. I mean, I remember that part. It's like, yes, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I mean, what Christian doesn't, right? We want that power of his resurrection at work in our lives. And we're excited about that. But it goes on to say, and the fellowship of his sufferings. And when God, when the Holy Spirit brought that verse to me shortly after Becca died, I realized in order to know him in the power of his resurrection, there has to be a death. There's a fellowship of his sufferings. And I'm talking about my own death. And we feel like we died when our child died, didn't we? We felt like we died. And I believe that's part of the fellowship of his sufferings because God's son died. He knows what it's like. And yes, I know that he died with a, a purpose, knowing he was going to be resurrected again. But our children are resurrected. We just don't get to see them in three days <laughs> like Jesus you know, came back three days later here on this earth. But in order to know him in the power of his resurrection and that kind of a, a joy, that kind of of kingdom living, we also have to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. We have an opportunity that most people don't have, that most other Christians don't have, because I feel like the deeper the suffering, the greater the glory and the greater opportunity we have to know him in the power of his glory and the power of his resurrection. Proverbs 10.28 says, The hope of the righteous brings joy. The best definition I, I know of of hope is a confident expectation. The confident expectation of the righteous, of those who are in right standing with God, and you are in right standing with God. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are automatically in right standing with God. God does not see you. He doesn't judge you according to your anger, your confusion, your hurt, your depression, your bitterness, your frustration, your darkness. He doesn't judge you on that. He doesn't judge you at all. He judged Jesus already in your place. And so you are in right standing with God. You are. So the hope, the confident expectation of you being in right standing with God brings joy. I know some of you don't have hope yet. I want to ask you to at least have hope that maybe you can have hope someday, to believe that you can have joy in your life again, both the undercurrent of joy and the exciting kind of joy, the excitement of seeing God at work in your life in a way that brings gladness and happiness. I want to read that one sentence again. All he asks is that you say yes to the process. Yes to the process. You don't have to do anything really. Okay, there are things that we can do to get us back to that place to finding joy again, but they are all things that God leads us in. Really, all we have to do is rest in him, that he's going to do the work and he's going to show us what we can do when it's time to do it. Throughout this series, I have given you some practical things that you can do to move in that direction. And I want to wrap up this series by giving you one more practical suggestion, an action to take to move 
toward joy. It's kind of like we're working with God as a team. It's not that you have to strive for it and work for it in in that sense, but we're working with God. We're doing things. We're saying yes to the process, and we're doing our part to say, okay, God, I'm doing this. I'm opening the door for you to come in and release that joy in my life again. So here's the suggestion. I want you to make a joy list. Things that bring you joy. For many of us, maybe it's things that used to bring you joy. Right now you may be thinking there is nothing that brings me joy. But what are some of the things that used to bring you joy? I had a question as I've been studying all this joy stuff. There was a question that was presented to me on the difference between joy and happiness. And and it said, what brings you joy and what brings you happiness? And for me, my thought, and, and I apologize beforehand for those who lost this opportunity. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just saying this was my thought, is that being with my grandchildren makes me happy. Thinking about them brings me joy. And I don't know if you can see that kind of that difference. It it just kind of feels different to me. So I want you to think about things that used to bring you joy. And I don't care if it's the joy, the undercurrent kind of joy where you just feel that peace and contentment and satisfaction joy, or if it's that happiness kind of joy where it just you just bubble up because you're just you just feel so good when you do this. Go back as far as you need to go. Even go back into your childhood if you need to. Things that you used to do as a kid that made you happy, that brought joy. I'm gonna share with you, I did this quite a while back. Well, maybe not that far back, a couple years ago, I had someone encourage me to make a joy list. And so these are just some of the things that I put on my joy list, walking or being in nature, the ocean. I love the ocean. I love cruises, going on cruises. And just to let you know, GPS Hope is going to be part of a grief cruise in December 2021. And I'll tell you how to get more information on that at the end of this episode. Music brings me joy, both listening to it, creating it, writing music, playing my trumpet, playing my guitar, playing my keyboard, singing. Music brings me joy. Being creative brings me joy. Knitting, sewing, stamping. It's that thought of I made that. It brings me joy. Spending fun and quality time together with Dave, my husband. Traveling. I love to travel. I love to have new adventures and see places I've never seen. Getting projects completed. That brings me joy. Teaching brings me joy. Meaningful interactions with people brings me joy. I love it when the Holy Spirit gives me new revelation of something. Having someone tell me that what I said or I wrote was exactly what they needed. That brings me joy. So those are just some of the things on my joy list. Your joy list could be something like getting back to doing something creative, like crocheting or sewing, or like Heidi went back to pottery. She hadn't done it for years, and she now has a pottery studio set up in her home, and she's back to doing pottery, and it brings her joy. These things that we make can be given away, and that can just ramp up the joy because we see the joy that it's bringing to others. Restoring furniture, my friend Angelique 
has started restoring furniture after the death of her son, and she's turned it into a business. She sells it, and the stuff that she does is absolutely beautiful. It brings her joy. Volunteering for something like a soup kitchen, a homeless facility, a church rummage sale. My friend Dee says that helping with her church's rummage sale, she has been in charge of it for many years. She's been part of it for like 24, 25 years. And she, that was one thing that she held on to after the death of her daughter was she kept volunteering, helping the church with their big city rummage sale. How about getting a pet? I know a lot of parents get a pet after the death of their child, and that pet brings them so much joy. Look up how to do something you've always wanted to learn how to do, like playing the guitar or the banjo or learning how to yodel. I mean, something that that you've always wanted to do that you think would be fun, that it can bring you joy. And what I want you to do is once you have this joy list written down, I want you to pick something from that list to do at least once a week to start with, with the goal of every single day you look at that joy list and you do something from that list to bring you joy. We know that the Bible tells us in his presence is fullness of joy. And I really, I don't believe that fullness of joy is going to come to us here on this earth. I believe it will be like John 16, 21 says, when she delivers her child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy. And just like it was for us when we saw our child for the first time here on earth, I feel like it's going to be the same when we see them for the first time in heaven, we will no longer remember the anguish for the joy of seeing our child again. But in the meantime, while we're still here on earth, we can have a measure of that joy. I believe all the things that I've talked about in this series will set us on the path to finding joy in our lives again. As many of you know, I did this series for myself because I am so ready and I want to live from that place of joy. I don't want Becca's death to be wasted in my life. I want the enemy to wish he had never messed with me, my daughter, and my family. And one of the ways I feel like I can do that is to fight for joy, to have it in a deeper, more meaningful way than I have ever had it before. And I believe it's possible. I hope you do too, and that you join me in this journey for joy. Several years ago, shortly after Becca died, I looked up a whole bunch of verses on joy, and I made a big list of them so that I could read at least one of them every single day. And some days I would just pick it up and I would read several verses on joy. And I'm thinking I need to pull that out again for myself. We have made that list available in our members library on our website. Just go to gpshope.org and click on the resource tab. There's a, a members library under that. Just go there to the members library. If you haven't signed up for it, there's a little place you click. Give yourself a, a password and a login name, and that's private to just you, and you'll be able to access the library. There's a lot of things in there. Check it out, but that list of joy verses is in there. I talked about the cruise. I just mentioned that. If you want to know more about that and get information on it, that's another thing that's on our website. Once again, go to the resource tab and click on the events, and you will find uh, more information there. I have a question for you. Did your child seem to indicate somehow that they knew their life here on earth was coming to an end? 
I want to do an episode on this because I've had so many of you talk to me about it and ask me questions about it. So I would love to hear from you if that is the case. And I might even include your story in the podcast when I talk about it. You can either write it out and send it to me in an email or make a voice recording on your phone. Tell me about it. Record it on your phone and you can send that recording to me by email or do it as a voice message to me on the GPS Hope Facebook page. If you're going to email me something about your child, the email address is laura at gpshope.org. Let's go ahead with our birthday segment. Katie Mullen was born on August 24th and is forever 19. We understand how important it is to still acknowledge the day our children came into this world and we celebrate with Katie's family. Can you believe a week from today is September 1st if you're listening to this the day this episode comes out? If your child's birthday is coming up, especially in these last four months of the year, and you would like to have his or her birthday announced, it's very easy to do. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that little form, submit it, and I will add them to the list and make sure they are announced the week of his or her birthday. The link for that will also be in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you're listening on so you can get notified when each new episode comes out and give us a good rating, please. If you're listening on the website, uh, there are plenty of ways that you can, uh, if you even join the library, you'll start getting a weekly word of hope. You'll be joining over a thousand other parents who receive this. And in that weekly word of hope, I let you know about the newest podcast that came out that was released. And you can unsubscribe from that email anytime. I hope the series on finding joy again has been helpful to you. I would love to hear from you what you thought about this series. Email me once again at laura at gpshope.org. You spell my name L-A-U-R-A at gpshope.org. Like I said, I don't just want joy back in my life as an undercurrent. I want joy that is based on gladness at how I see God at work in my life again. And that seems to start with hope that it really can happen. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace as you trust in him. Until next week, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.